We're going in our Bibles today to uh, Matthew chapter number 14, beginning at the 22nd verse. This week, my family, we went to a pumpkin patch. It's uh, a family tradition to go somewhere and pay for a pumpkin that could be bought at a store, a grocery, for significantly less, for just a few dollars, and pay way more. Uh, Nothing says core family memories like dad being gouged on gourds. So Annie told uh, the boys they could pick out any pumpkin that, uh, that they could pick up. And so if they were able to pick it up, then we would buy it. Turns out she misjudged their strength. Uh, I don't know where the strength came from, but they turned into two incredible hulks, and we paid nearly $20 for each of their pumpkins. We have a couple of superhumans in the house, and Dad is broke. (laughs) But this season, fall, of course, is is marked by those overpriced pumpkins, by pumpkin-spiced everything, hayrides, haunted houses, festivals, and harvest. But perhaps more than anything else, it's a season marked by emotions, by feelings. I I read an article in the New York Times this week, as you find your way to Matthew 14, beginning in the 22nd verse, that said, for many of those who struggle with seasonal depression in the winter months, the fall is the beginning of their symptoms. Psychologists say that the feelings that often creep up in autumn stem from our discomfort with change or from anxiety and uncertainty about what change will bring. In fact, the feeling of fear is pretty big business in the fall. How many know that's true? Because they recognize that the fall is the season for feeling so much change, so much darkness, so many feelings. The Bible says in Matthew 14, verse 22, Our text today, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he came up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Feelings. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it's I, don't be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out on the water. I can put myself in the shoes of a lot of people in Scripture. Not right there. I could not do that. And so Jesus said, come. Peter asked for it. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Everybody say feelings. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and called him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got in the boat, the wind ceased. I want to preach to us today on this thought, in my feelings. Everybody say, in my feelings. Now before you're seated, would you uh, just bow your head with me and pray one more time for God's word to touch our hearts. God, I thank you for your presence that we feel in such a dynamic way. I 
I know that your word is always anointed, but I pray that it would be anointed on my lips as I declare it and on every heart to receive it. Give us eyes that can see and ears that could hear what the Spirit would say today. We thank you. And everybody said in Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated. How many know that your eyes can deceive you? Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and something in your room that was easily recognizable in the light in the daytime and was completely harmless in the daytime suddenly is transformed and changed into something totally different and something very dangerous in the darkness? You didn't Hang the clothes up like you were supposed to and you let it sit there on the chair. And so in the middle of the night you open your eyes and you are convinced that there is somebody lurking ready to kill you. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the truth is that what you, what you know in your head can become overwhelmed by what you sense or by what you feel. Uh, just this week. It's 4.30 in the morning. My mom is here this weekend with us, and, and, and she is the genesis of this terrible story. My mom likes to get noisy toys for my kids, and most of the time it, it's candy as well. And so um, I guess that's what grandparents do. They want to rack up the dentist bills for the kids. Uh, and so, so she had gotten this toy. Uh, it was a giant Pez. I mean, the thing is massive, and, and it's despicable me. And uh, when you open it, uh, the minion says bananas and then he laughs bananas ha, ha, ha. and it's 4.30 in the morning and in the baby monitor Remy miraculously is sleeping in her crib still at 4.30 in the morning but I wake up and it's bananas ha, ha, ha. And, and if that wasn't bad enough Annie she's like Jerry that toy is motion activated You've got to go check and see who's in Remy's room. I'm like, come on. Nobody is in Remy's room at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, but she wasn't going to check. She was sending me as a lamb to the slaughter. <laughs> of course, she knew no one was in there. But there's something about your senses, your, your feelings. In, in the Bible, oftentimes when it speaks of feelings or of the will or of affections or emotions of a person. It uses the word heart. It's not the physical organ, the heart, the one that is responsible for pumping blood and sending it throughout the, the body. No, it's the place of feelings or of emotions, the heart. And the Bible is clear about this truth, that what you feel can be false. How many know that is true? That your heart, your feelings can fool you. That you and I, we could be fooled by a feeling. Jeremiah would, would go as far as to say it this way. In Jeremiah chapter number 17, verse number 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick, or as the King James Version puts it, desperately wicked. Who can know it or understand it? And if we are not careful, though... We can begin to measure our responses to life circumstances by what we feel and what we sense instead of what we know and instead of what God says. We can be fooled 
by a feeling. And the enemy wants nothing more for you and for me than for us to operate out of our feelings and out of our emotions, to live in our feelings because he knows this truth that if your feelings uh, are what you are living in, your feelings are fickle and you will be fickle. And our emotions are easily influenced by our season. And so if the enemy can change our season, then he'll change our mind. And what you knew on the mountain will be doubted in the valley. So he'll try to get you to live in your feelings. The Bible tells us that when Jacob went to his father in an effort to deceive his dad into giving him something that didn't belong to him, he knew that he couldn't change the way his father heard him, but he could change the way his father felt him, his feeling of him. So he covered himself in animal skins, just hoping that maybe dad would ignore what he knew that he had heard and would instead rely on what he felt. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 27, beginning in verse number 21, Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him. And said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Jacob knew that if he could get his father to rely on what he felt instead of what he had heard, then he could take something that did not belong to him. Can I just tell you today that the enemy knows that if you will rely on what you feel instead of what you know, then he will take things from you that don't belong to you. That if you will feel your way through circumstances instead of knowing what God says about your circumstances, then he will take joy from you and he will take peace from you. The enemy wants you to live in your feelings because he knows that we can be fooled by a feeling. The devil knows that he cannot change what you've heard, but he can change what you feel. Because he knows that if you will make decisions off of your feelings, then eventually you'll be fooled by our feelings. Why? Because when seasons change, our feelings change. And when the season, the season is going to change. The Bible says it is a, it is a principle of life. It is in the created uh, the, uh, nature of our world. The seasons are going to change. The weather is going to change. Storms are going to come. So I preach to you today and tell you that there is a way for us to make sure that we are not influenced by the seasons or by the storms or by life. And it is by making sure we don't live in our feelings or make decisions in our feelings and it is found just before Jeremiah tells us about the heart being desperately wicked and our feelings being so deceptive when he says this, follow along with me now in Jeremiah 17 verse 7 blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord, he is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, when the season changes, for its leaves will remain green, and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And then he says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. He said that there is another option that's out there. When the seasons change, you don't have to change your mind. When the seasons change, you don't have to let your feet 
feelings dictate how you live and what you do. When the seasons change, he said, you can keep trusting in the Lord. When the weather changes, you can trust in the Lord because I am planted by a stream. So my source, my provision is coming from a source that is not surrounding me but is under me. It is the presence of God and it is God's word. So I have feelings, but I don't live in them. I have emotions, but I'm not going to allow them to control me, and I'm not going to make decisions out of them. I'm preaching to you today in my feelings. Now let me just make this clear. Emotions and feelings are not a bad thing. God gave them to us. We are created beings, and created in the image of God and every emotion that we have we can find God having those same emotions in the scripture we were created with feelings and emotions our emotions are natural internal reactions to the world around us they are there for our protection we are built with those in to keep us uh, from harm but the problem is that when emotions begin to drive our behavior and drive our choices, they can begin to create negative consequences. Our emotions should be a gauge, but not a guide. We may have emotions. Our emotions are a thermometer in our lives, but not the thermostat. They are an indicator, but they are not a control mechanism. But if we are not careful, what was meant to be a thermometer becomes a thermostat. And what was just meant to be a, a gauge becomes a guide. And we, instead of, of using our emotions to help us make decisions, we allow the emotions to be the thing that makes our decision. And our heart begins to control our life in a way that God never intended for it to control. And the enemy begins to use those to manipulate us so we can be fooled by our feelings. We can allow emotions to run rampant and drive us deeper into bad habits that God does not intend for us and fear and doubt can begin to rule and reign in our lives here's a truth we must understand emotions are not silenceable I don't know if that's a word or not but I made it but they can be manageable some level of feelings are natural but it doesn't mean that we should wallow in them or live in them and so if we don't learn to control our feelings, they will control us. How many know that's true? And so we have a choice. This is what I want to preach to you for just a few moments today. We can either stay in our feelings or we can stay in the Word of God. We can either stay in what we feel or we can instead plant ourselves in what we know is true because this is what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 40. The grass withers, the flower fades. Now, he said seasons are going to change. Sometimes it's going to be green and beautiful. Sometimes the grass is going to die. Sometimes the flower is going to be pretty, and sometimes the flower is going to die. The seasons are going to change. Things are not going to stay the same. The only thing that is constant is change. Somebody say amen. <laughs> But he says there is a choice. Now, while things are always changing around us, while the grass withers and the flower fades, he says this, but the Word of God will stand forever. 
Hear me now. I'm preaching to somebody today. you got to build your life on the Word of God. you got to make decisions based on the Word of God. you got to let the Word of God control and decide what you do and how you think and how you are. I will not be controlled by the emotions inside of me. I will be planted in the Word of God. He said the seasons change, but the Word of God never does. God and His Word should inform our feelings, not the other way around. So when we are tempted to listen to our feelings or our feelings are overwhelming us, we must stop and look at God's Word and compare what we are feeling to what God says. And we see this truth so evident as it plays out in our text today. The Bible says in our text that Jesus uh, put the disciples on a boat. He says, get in the boat and go to the other side. And in that command, he had also given them a promise. God said, get in the boat and I'll meet you on the other side. He had already promised them that they were going to make it to the other side. And yet, the season changed. The circumstances changed. And a storm, those sudden storms, the Bible says, that they would would creep up in the Sea of Galilee. They would come from nowhere. Suddenly the storm began to rage around them. And what uh, what was understood and embraced in confidence and faith in a moment of peace and tranquility suddenly is beginning to be doubted in this turmoil and the tumult of the storm. And so the Bible says that while... The surroundings changed where before they were surrounded by manna and miracles. Now they are surrounded by this storm and this sea. And now what was once embraced in faith is being doubted in the storm. And they are rowing and toiling just trying to make it through. Anybody ever felt like that? Just trying to make it. Just trying to fight my way through. Just just giving it all I got. Trying to make it another day. Trying to fight. Trying to survive. And so in that moment, the Bible says, while they're trying to fight their way through the storm, as their surroundings had changed, they didn't recognize it when it happened at first, but their surroundings started informing their feelings. And the Bible says that Jesus, as He was coming to them, they saw Him and thought... He was a ghost. They saw their Savior as an evil spirit. They saw their answer as something to be avoided. And so it is in our lives when things begin to go wrong, you'll begin to see things that are good and true and right. And your emotions, your feelings, they'll begin to try to convince you that those things are not good and they are not right. Because I tell you, when you're going through the storm, that's when you begin to look at church I don't know if I really need to go there. What is that that's happening? Your feelings are beginning to inform your sight. And you're beginning to see things wrong. Hear me. Your feelings caused the disciples to see something that was not. They were fooled by their feelings. They saw their answer as a threat. They were in their feelings. Feelings will try to distort your faith. And so the Bible would say it this way in Proverbs 25, 28, a man without self-control, control over his feelings, 
is like a city broken into and left without walls. I'm preaching to you today that if we are not careful in this season of life, and, and it's a season here in October where, where it's so recognizable, where we sense it in our, in our bodies and we sense it all around us, these feelings that come up. Uh, in us that that, that that same thing happens to us spiritually in, in seasons when times change and circumstances change and emotions and feelings begin to well up inside of us and if we're not careful we'll, let, we'll, we'll lose control of our feelings and we'll begin to make decisions based on our feelings and we'll begin to let our feelings determine our faith and determine our, our, our walk with God and I tell you that we have a choice we can control our feelings feelings in my feelings and so it was that they look at Jesus and they see him as a threat and Jesus of course he meets them at this point of 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 doubt and this point of fear that's what it was it was fear in this moment and and, and the feelings they can look like a lot of different things most psychologists would agree that there are eight fundamental feelings that 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 uh that are operating in our lives at any one time. And, and that feeling that they were feeling, it was fear. And fear, it is a very common feeling when, we, when the surroundings change and when circumstances change. And, and so here they were and they look at Jesus and Jesus meets them at the point of their doubt. Because here's a truth that we must understand about Scripture. Even when we are in our feelings, Jesus shows up there too. Even when we are in our doubt, Jesus shows up there too. Even when we're in the point of fear, Jesus shows up there too. And maybe you would be honest today and you would say that you've been in your feelings a little bit and, and that, that doubt is beginning to creep in your life and, and you're beginning to look at the promises of God and wonder if that really is a promise or, or if that's a problem and you're looking at things that are good and wondering if it is really good. And I tell you that that's okay. Jesus can meet you there too. And where Jesus meets us, He comes with a word and and it's the same word over and over again. And it says, don't be afraid. I'm here. Be of good cheer. I preach to you today that Jesus can meet us in the point of our pain. And he can meet us in our fear. And he can meet us in our feelings. And he will in one moment, in one word, he can cause every fear and every doubt and every feeling to be denied and pushed away. In our feelings, Jesus says, it's me. Do not Fear. And, and Peter, the Bible says, he responded to that moment with faith. And he says, if it's really you, help me make another step towards you. That's really what he was asking. Of course, he wanted to walk on water, I, 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 maybe, but more than anything, he wanted to be where Jesus was. And that's a good thing. That's where we should all be. Lord, if it's really you, then let me come closer to you. If it's really you, then help me to walk towards you. And the Bible says, Jesus says, come. And I believe that Jesus is saying that to each of us today. Come, take another step. Trust me, walk with me. And the Bible says that he stepped out of the boat and he was walking on water until the Bible says he saw the wind boisterous. So he steps out of the boat. He's walking towards Jesus. He's walking towards his answer. He's walking towards his hope, his joy, all of those things. And suddenly he got distracted, and instead of what he had heard, he started to focus on what he saw. He saw the wind boisterous. Now, you can't actually see wind, but you can see the effects of it. 
It was the effects of what was going on around him. That's what he started focusing on. And if we were to be honest today, that's what we focus on. We focus on the effects, what's going on around us. We can't see the wind. We don't know really what it is that's controlling and pushing everything around and doing all that's happening in our lives. But we see the effects of it. And if we're not careful, we'll begin to focus on the effects of the wind instead of listening to the voice of God and the Word of God. And in that moment when he lost his focus on what he had heard and instead was focusing on what he saw, all around him, the Bible says that he began to sink, that fear gripped his heart. There it was again. The feelings, they jumped right back out at him, and he began to sink. His fear, his feelings attacked again at its greatest level right after an act of faith. Because that's really what our feelings are after. They're after our faith. I got to tell you, I, and, and, and it could be counterproductive in a sense because we don't want the attack on our faith. But when you come to church, you can expect that that's when the enemy's going to fight. When you decide to do something good for God, that's when the feelings start to creep up. Because they're after your faith. That's what it really wants. It's the only thing that the devil can't take from you that you've got to give him. It's your faith. And so if he can use the surroundings to begin to cause you to, to take your eyes off of Christ and your eyes and your ears off of the Word of God, then he will do it. The wind did not cause him to sink. It wasn't even the waves that did it. It was his feelings. He, was, he had already conquered the waves. He was walking on them. And yet that moment of insecurity, that moment of allowing the feelings to begin to dictate his eyesight, it caused him to sing. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. I tell you the direction that God wants you to go in your life. It is not going to be determined by or controlled by your feelings. If it is your feelings that's telling you which way to go, that's not the way that God is intending for you to go. But if you're going to walk by faith, then it's going to have to be without sight. You're not going to be able to see everything that's going on around you. You've got to just instead hear what God has said. And so when I've heard what God has said, I'm going to obey and do what He told me to do. Your your great miracle that is to come is going to be the result of your willingness to obey despite of what's going on around you. If we walk by faith, then we fall by feelings. If we walk by faith, then we fall by feelings. Stand with me all over the house. So I preach to you today in this understanding, this moment of time where Things are changing where the season changes, where in the natural psychologists all understand that our natural propensity is to allow the season change to affect our emotions. That what happens in the natural, this is what I want you to understand. That the same thing happens in the spiritual. And when things change around us, our feelings change too. And so you've got to determine today that I will not walk by feelings. I will walk by faith. So when I feel like it, I'll be faithful. But when I don't feel like it, I'll be faithful. 
When I feel like it, I'll pray. And when I don't feel like it, I'll pray. Because I'm not going to live in my feelings. I'm not going to be planted in my feelings. The heart, Jeremiah said, is deceitful above all things. I'm not going to let my feelings tell me which way to go. He said, there's a choice. We can be planted in the house of God. We can be planted by the stream. Another, another verse, it talks about that same stream. When it says about the people of God. That, they'll be, that the streams thereof will make glad the city of God. That there's something about the stream that's connected to the place of God. And there's something about when you make up your mind, you're going you're gonna to be in the place of God. You're going to be in the Word of God. You're going to be in the house of God. That, that, that your source of strength, it's not coming from what's going on around you. It's happening despite what's going on around you. I'm not going to be fooled by my feelings. But when seasons change, when times get hard, I'm going to stay planted in the Word of God and what God has said. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water. He doesn't fear when he comes. His leaves remain green. He, he's not going to allow the season of financial insecurity to affect his faith. He, he's not going to let, let, let the doctor's report change where he's at. No, no, no. His location is already settled. It's settled in his trust in God. So when the, when the heat comes, he's not afraid. He's not anxious when the rain isn't coming because he's going to keep bearing fruit. God's going to keep taking care of his people. God is going to do what he said. So whether, whether your season is a season of drought or a season of change or there's a storm around you, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not live in my feelings. I'm going to live in the word of God. And I'm going to say God is with me and God is for me. And everything that God has said to me will come to pass. And, and if God be for me, who can be against me? And God is with me, so I will not fall. I'm not going to live in my feelings. I'm going to live in my faith. My faith in God's Word. You... you, you sound like Esau but you feel or you, excuse me you sound like Jacob but you feel like Esau what a dangerous thing to make decisions based on what we feel we got to make decisions on based on what we've heard on the word of God and if our feelings align with God's word then it's good but if it doesn't then it's bad so I tell you today with every head bowed and every eye closed in this season it's good for us to just pause and say, Lord, help me to keep trusting in your word. Help me to trust that your word and your promise for me will come to pass. That if I'm in a storm, that I'm going to make it to the other side. And if I'm in a season of drought, then the rain is going to fall again. If things are going on all around me that's causing me, trying to distract my focus, my attention, my faith away from you, Lord, help me to shut those things out. And help me to keep my attention on your word that you said come. 
And so I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep believing. And God, for every heart that's in this room today that has found themselves afflicted by their feelings, I pray that you would meet them right now. That, that in that point of doubt, in that point of pain, in that point of fear, that your hand would reach up and grab them and they would feel safety and security in this place today. Come on, would you begin to lift up your hands all over the house? I feel the presence of the Lord here right now. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Come on, the power of the Word of God is connected to our ability and our willingness to respond to it. So could you respond to it right there, right now, where you are, Lord? Touch me today. I pray that you would help me, God, to live in faith and not in feelings, to walk by faith and not by feelings, to to trust you that you are with me and that you are for me, that you have never left me nor forsaken me. God, help me to plant my life on your word and on your promises. Help me, God, to stay fast and true to what you have said. Don't let my feelings begin to dictate my faith and begin to alter my step, but help me, God, to trust you completely. Hallelujah. Come on, if it's appropriate, why don't you grab the hand of the person beside you or near you there. Let's begin to pray one for another. Come on, the enemy's after our faith. He's after our our trust in God. He's after our determination.